Welcome back to the Fantasy Flavor Podcast, where we spice up your daily dose of fantasy football content. Join Dylan Thomas, Sanat Ansara, and Trenton Roberts as they provide you with player and team analysis, mock drafts, and one-on-one interviews. Hey, what's going on, listeners of the Fantasy Flavor Podcast? My name is Dylan. I'm super excited here. We're going to do a 12-team super flex, three-round rookie mock draft, a whole mouthful, but I'm pretty excited to be here. So we're just going to kick right off, and um, every team will kind of introduce themselves, who they are, and then they'll explain their pick, and we'll just kind of go in order here on screen. Should be a great time. Let's get started here with Alex with the 101. Who are you taking? Um. With the first pick, I'm going to be taking, since it's Superflex, uh, Joe Burrow. Um, I think that's a pretty easy call. Pro- most likely should be the number one pick, um, unless the Bengals do something crazy. Um, and, I mean, he's just more valuable than any other player. Like, the running backs are nice in this draft for sure, but, like, in, in, in Superflex, you have to have quarterbacks. And even if you have too many, you can always trade them for other assets, like, because they're just so much more valuable. All right, definitely a good um, reasoning there. We're going to move here to Steve with the 102. What's kind of your thought process here, and who are you taking, man? Yeah, so no real surprise uh, with the the Joe Burrow pick there. I think that's everybody's 101. So uh, for me, I did a little bit of thinking before the draft, and it came mostly down to what I assume most people would agree would be Tua or uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, being super flex, I'd imagine most people are going to lean with Tua, uh, but I'm a bit of a gambler. I have a plan I would like to execute for this draft, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I do think he's the best uh, running back. Now, of course, we are sitting here before the draft has taken place, so a lot of the uh, team placements could change that up, but from a pure talent standpoint, I do like him the best. So I'm going to lock him in here and see if uh, my gamble pays off later. All right, that seems to be an awesome pick, and I'm going to open up here to the floor. Um, Do you guys tend to, anyone can answer this free-for-all question here, do you guys tend to want to draft quarterbacks early in Superflex, or do you think that running back, such as a stud like Jonathan Taylor, is so valuable that maybe he should go 101? I think 1.01 in pretty much any Superflex league should be a QB, unless you're absolutely set with three young, solid QBs. Agreed. And here, I mean, the only reason Taylor is even in, in consideration is because Tua has some uh, concerns with his injury. If he was perfectly uh, fine, I mean that if he was not injured last year, probably he would be 101. So that's the only reasoning that uh, Taylor is even going before him. Okay, I really like that argument. I'm a big Tua fan. I hope he can stay healthy because he's a pretty good talent there at quarterback position, potentially even higher than Burrow. We'll see. But let's kick it off here to Sonatin with 103. Who are you it is Sonatin. Um, I am the co-host of Fantasy Flavor Podcast. You can just find me here. Uh, and I'm. it's pretty easy choice for me. Um, uh, Taylor Jonathan Taylor was a difference maker. But uh, once he is gone, I think it's just Tua. Um, as I said earlier, if uh, if he was not injured, then he would be 101, and I'm 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 okay to take that risk that he will be a fine, and he's a very good talent. So that's why Tua. 
I'm liking it, you know, go Bama. So really good pick there. Next we up, we have Chris with the 104. Who are you taking? Uh, hey, guys, my name is Chris, and you can find me on Twitter at ChrisMiles1017. Um, with the fourth pick in the draft, I'm going to be selecting DeAndre Swift. Um, he's just, it's clearly there's this, these two running backs at the top tier running back for me. And because in these rookie drafts, the running backs are going to come in with production early, almost guaranteed, especially when you compare the wide receivers needing the one to two years of development. I'd rather get that assured value from the running backs instead of taking a Judy or a lamb here. I definitely like Swift. I think he's my second running back behind Taylor. Does anyone here have Swift as a top back in this uh, RB class? I do, but uh, it's really, really close. But uh, just based off those first four picks, and any super flex rookie draft, those should be the top four picks. Uh, it could be going any order, and I'd be fine with it. But those four picks are pretty much given. All right. Definitely okay. Here's a, sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but here's a comment. Uh, like right now, we are saying that those two those should be the four uh, top ones. But what if Cam Akers go to goes to say um, uh, Kansas? What do you say then? Casey, um, well, Akers is kind of yeah. already in that tier there for me, but that definitely could push him up. Landing spots matter, but what matter yeah, more to exactly. me is draft capital. You know, if any of these guys get taken in the first round, that's going to matter a lot to me especially with how few teams really need a running back in the first round. I'm kind of excited to see how the draft's going to shake out in that regard. Yeah, I completely agree. If we had a like JK Dobbins go in the first round to the Bucks and then Akers go in the third round to KC, I might still have Dobbins over Akers just due to draft capital. Yeah, draft capital is really important there for running backs. But now we have Jared or JKD here on the clock with um, pick 105. Uh, who are you, first of all, and who are you going to take? Uh, hi, I'm Jared. I don't really have anything to promote. I'm still kind of new to uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football. Uh, so this pick right uh, here came down to two people for me, between C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. Um, seeing as uh, DeAndre Swift just got taken. So I just think that C.D. Lamb's game is a lot more... NFL ready in terms of he's going to slot into wherever he goes, I feel like, and be an immediate uh, high floor type prospect. So I'm going to be taking him. All right, awesome. Now we have Caveman on the clock here with pick 106. Who are you and who are you going to take? Hey guys, my name is Caveman. I'm also known as Alex as well. Um, I am also kind of new to Dynasty here, but I'm here to learn, here to have fun with these guys. Um, basically, what I'm looking for uh, at this pick, I'm, it, it, it honestly depends on what your team actually needs. And because it's super flex, I think quarterbacks are valued very greatly, which makes me want to go out on a limb here and actually pick Justin Herbert. Whoa, my yeah. that kind of shocked me. Can you are bit. you higher on Herbert or is it more a just a positional? Bit. I, I kind of see Herbert. Uh he's one of those mobile QBs and people I think can get excited about him. He does have some work, but honestly, I think depending on landing spot, uh he could be up there with two and Joe Burrow in this draft. Kind of risk. It's high risk, high reward in my case. Not a risk at all. I, I, I am not at all surprised. I think that's a great pick. And uh, when I participated in a few mock mock-ups in DLF, and Herbert was going one of four before Swift, 
So yeah, I would have took him. Yeah, I think teams will take a chance on him. I've seen plenty of them being a husky fan. Top five, anyways. Top five or top ten in NFL draft. So. Yeah, definitely quarterbacks are super valuable here. I've kind of liked every pick so far. Herbert shocked me a little bit. I guess I'm lower on him, but you know, I definitely see the value and how important quarterbacks are. But since I'm on the clock here with pick 107, I'm stuck between a few players. Jerry Judy, I think, would have the highest player grade for me, but he's a wide receiver. I definitely do see him going in the first round, though. I'd be really shocked if he didn't. We also have two running backs I like. We have J.K. Dobbins. Um, and Cam Akers. So this pick was kind of hard for me because I think I'm going to lean running back here because it's kind of the more valuable position. There's less running backs here since it's such a deep wide receiver class. So I'm actually going to take my guy Cam Akers. Um, you know, Mr. Buck fan Justin didn't think Akers would slide to 107. So I think he's going to be ecstatic about this pick here. But for me, I think Cam Akers is going to be such a steal because one, he's got at pass protection, which is probably... People don't value that as much, but I think it's really important. He can catch the ball. Um, the production was there from like a dominator point, but the offensive line was one of the worst, if not the worst in the country. So this guy was a five-star recruit coming out. He played quarterback in high school, one of the most dominant high school seasons ever when he was playing quarterback. So he's also a cerebral, really smart player. Cam Akers, I think, could end up being the best running back in this class and potentially has the highest ceiling out of them all with a complete game. So... Um, you know, what do we kind of think about Akers versus Dobbins? Are we Team Akers or are we Team Dobbins? Team Akers for me. Akers, yeah, me too. Yeah, 100% yeah. Team Akers for me also. Yeah, Team Akers. It's, it's close. I, I, I still think that a uh, name that should be thrown into that group of a trio should be Clyde edwards Lair. I don't care about his 40 times. You, you still come up with someone else. Yeah, I agree but, with you too. Yeah, I like I like Acres. I, I think it's a lot more. Those guys. I think it's a lot more even than people think because I think it's gonna become landing spot for those for sure because you can see both of those either landing in Kansas City or one of those later round later picks in a round, especially in round two, round three. Yeah, I think that's really well said, uh, Chef Joe, <laughs> and because <laughs> honestly. With we kind of saw Gurley take up Atlanta, which is like a fantastic running back spot, and then Gurley had to ruin that. I mean, the Rams spot kind of opened up here. So I have a question for y'all: What's kind of the best running back landing spot? Is it Kansas City, or is it a team like Tampa Bay who may give their running back more touches, or is it another team I'm not even thinking about? Um, I think it depending on running back, uh, it would be basically depending on who it is. Like, first, say a first round pick, Tampa Bay changes their plan now because they got Tom Brady, right? And they take DeAndre Swift, who I think would be a better fit than Jonathan Taylor for their system. And I would say I would I would move DeAndre Swift probably up to the top running back at that point, just because I think he's going to get a lot of pass catching, plus running the ball, plus touchdown opportunity. And then that would probably push him over Jonathan Taylor for me, depending on where jo there's a few places Jonathan Taylor could go, like Kansas City, of course, but I just don't think that's likely. Okay, definitely well said there. I appreciate the analysis. That was really good analysis there. Let's move on here, though, to Will with pick 108. You're on the clock. Who are you, first of all, and who are you going to take here? Hey, guys. Will Monroe uh, from the Trust Your Board podcast that my comrade Steve didn't plug there at the 102. Thanks a lot, Steve. <laughs> Shots fired. Thanks, Will. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was actually 
thrilled to hear that pick because I am pretty high on Dobbins. I um, unfortunately I had to watch him tear up my Pennsylvania Lions for a few years in a row, but just watching him the last couple of years, he's put on a lot of weight, and I think he is going to be able to be pretty good in the pass um, catching as well. I worry about his pass protection a little bit because I didn't really have him, you know, back there blocking too much. Uh, but you know, obviously, all these running backs are landing spot dependent. I personally am not in any superflex leagues myself. I've done some mocks, but just from you know, regular leagues, you know, not knowing the landing spot right now, I have Dobbins right there with Taylor and Swift, and I think landing spot's going to be the big one for me. Uh, I, I do, you know, know that Akers didn't have much around him, and that really hurt him as well. But I've got Dobbins ahead here, and it's a pretty easy pick for me. I was thrilled to see him available at the 108. All right, awesome. As um, Will puts in that pick there for J.K. Dobbins, um, we kind of have um, Chef Joe here up next. First of all, who are you and who are you going to take here? All right, okay. Um, Chef, um, you can follow me on Twitter on Soto, S-O-T-O, under slash F football. Um, I'm excited about this pick at 109. Uh, I'd like to see my wide receiver, too, in this draft. I'm going to go ahead and pick Judy. Pretty simple pick here. Um, I'm like like you said, super flex is um drop off a lot of talent that you're gonna be surprised with. And I think closer we get closer to drafts, a lot of these quarterbacks are gonna move up. I don't wanna throw no names, but you know, we got that young man named Hertz in the next round that can start pushing up later on. So I'm gonna go with Judy. Um one of the best, I think, ready wide receivers in this class and route. Um, so he could just fit in a lot of offense in the offense. Uh, a couple teams that I can see him going to maybe San Francisco now, which is a hot one. I think they could get Judy to help their offense take over that Emmanuel Sanders spot. Um, the Jets, which I'm not too excited, but I can see they're trying to rebuild that offense. And uh, those are two top teams I can see going in the first round. So he's going to have that draft capital too, which you want in your receiver. That's my. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Chef. <laughs> We appreciate it there. I have a question for you all. I like opening it up here. Um, who's h- higher ranked for you guys? Is it Jerry Judy or is it CD Lamb? Or maybe is it someone else I didn't mention? Judy. Judy? Judy. Um, I got Lamb. I, I have Lamb. I still got Lamb. I'll take one. Lamb has potential, but Judy. Lamb, I think he's going to bust. Just from my scouting, just from everything I've said, I think he's going to bust. I think Judy will be that consistent guy. I think Judy has the higher. I think uh, Lamb definitely has the bust potential, whereas Judy's as safe as he gets for receiver. Yeah, I yeah, agree that me, Judy is safe, but uh, Lamb has the higher ceiling, and that's why I pick Lamb. Yeah, what concerns me about Judy, honestly, is. Um, one, his production really fell off, especially just not not just like the raw numbers. Like the raw numbers don't mean much to me. It's kind of the the percentile kind of, kind of stuff, like dominator rating and market share of yards. He really fell off there. Devonta Smith was probably their best wide receiver last year, honestly. So it's kind of like, what's up there? Is Devonta Smith that transcendent? Or maybe did Judy honestly have a down year? And then he had problems with drops. He has a really skinny frame. I think the route running sensational, best route runner in this class, but... I wonder if he's going to be big enough to withstand the NFL. 
That's kind of you know, all what you say. said right there really calls it for me. Him being the best route runner, he's going to be the most able to create the separation, and that's really what you need to you know transfer to the NFL game. All right, really well that's said. Hundred percent I like the take there, but now we have Matt with the the one hundred ten here. First of all, who are you, and who are you going to take? I'm Matt, uh, aka Philly fan, diehard Eagles fan. Obviously, um, no socials to plug or anything. Uh, my thinking is I got to take the best RB available since it's a pretty deep receiver class, which is obviously going to be the LSU East Edwards Hilaire. Uh, yeah, pretty simple choice. Now with Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, is he in that tier for you with the acres and the Dobbins and the Taylors and the Swifts or how does, how do your running backs tier kind of break down for you, Matt? Good question. I'd say Swift Taylor. No matter where they end up, they're going to be, they're going to shine. No matter where they end up, the next three that you listed: Dobbins, um, Acres, and who I just selected. I'd say they're in that mix of landing spot, but I think in the right spot, any of those three will shine. And I'm a big, uh, I was following LSU closely, so he's probably the guy that I saw the most of this year. Okay, definitely really well said there. You know, he definitely he's been kind of comp to MJD. I've heard Mark Ingram there. So, you know, if he's if he has the kind of ceiling there, he could be a great value for what was a third place team here, hypothetically, in this mock draft. But next we have my good friend Justin on the clock. Pick one eleven. Who are you and who are we taking? So my name's Justin. You can find me on Twitter at BuckFanJKE. Um, my pick right here. It's, I'm looking at wide receivers. The running backs have kind of been depleted at this point. And I'm just going to say, like, at 111, I'm a, I just lost in the championship, and we still got guys like Rager out here. I'm taking Rager. Um, him and Jefferson are close for me, but I lean Rager as a 111 team because I would be probably looking for more upside. I think Jefferson probably has a safer floor year one, but uh, the Rager upside is where I'm going here. You know, I – First of all, hypothetically here, just kind of side comment. How does it feel losing to Trenton? Of all people, Trenton. I mean, he didn't make the playoffs in our league last year, so. <laughs> I would kill myself if I lost to Trenton. <laughs> yeah, not a good sign there. But um, let's move on here to Trenton with pick 112. Uh, who are you and who are you taking? I am Trenton. I'm new here. Um, are, no, you new but, here? Uh... are you new here? <laughs> but He's sleepy okay. here, not new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the first surprise of the draft. As the team at 112, the team that just won the championship, what you want is a guy that will come in and help you keep contending right away. So with that being said, I look at a running back. There's one running back that I think is going to come in, that's left on the board, that will come in right away and can put up some nice numbers. And it'll be touchdown numbers. That's A.J. Dillon. Ooh, spicy put up a lot of touchdowns. I, f I feel like he's going to come into the league as that, what was it, 2016 version of the Patriots' LeGarrette Blunt, And I think he comes in and he uh, just pounds the rock. He's going to get a ton of goal line touches and get touchdowns from that. I like it. That's that's probably the spiciest pick I've I've seen so far in this mock draft. Um, I'm not really big on Dylan. I think he kind of I mean that's crazy. First of all, I'm a big Boston College fan, so it's weird for me to be like admitting that. Um, I'm rooting for the player, but I just think he plays a little weaker when you 
consider the fact that he is like 240 pounds he should be like mowing down linebackers and he kind of plays like he's 215 so i don't know i mean definitely I'm, could be a value but for me it's just kind of like eh. i'm not surprised trenton likes big backs and he cannot lie so he, he picked dylan i'm not surprised <laughs> <Yeah>. at all <laughs> I mean, are you also picking Dylan because he's um, partially named after um, your host here, Dylan? Oh, dang! You should have thought about it. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get serious here. Let's move on here to the second round. I'm gonna give Alex here a chance to introduce himself because he forgot to, which is fine during his first pick. And then, can you let us know who you're picking here? Uh, I'm Alex. Um, I'm pr- still pretty new to Dynasty myself. Uh, this is my second year going into it. I don't really have any Twitter handles to like follow or anything like that. But um, I'm actually like picking at 112 and 21 in my Dynasty this year. And honestly, I gotta say I'm loving what's on the board here. Like just in general, because I'll have both of these picks and like back to back, it'll be amazing. Um, but with this pick, it comes down to two players for me. Do I go with the safer player in Justin Jefferson or do I go with the higher upside and potential like superstar in Denzel Mims with the 43840 speed, 64, you know? So I think I'm going to, I'm leaning toward Mims right now. So this will come down to draft capital too, though, to some degree. Like once we see where NFL teams stand with these players too, also, of course. So, but I'm going to go ahead and hit Mims for now. All right. Well said there. I appreciate your insight there, Alex. Let's move on here to Steve. I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself as well. Um, you got to get called out there by your podcast co-host, but and then just tell us who you're picking. Yeah. So name is Stephen Wright, uh, co-host of the Trust Your Board podcast with uh, Mr. Will there at the 108. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Trust Your Board. So on my earlier pick, I grabbed Jonathan Taylor and I teased that I had a plan. Uh, it's probably going to get some criticism because it's a very gambly plan and it's probably a very stupid plan because there's really no rumors surrounding what I'm about to do, but I'll explain my process and then, uh, I'll make the pick. So Dwayne Haskins did not really blow up or or do anything real special last year. We have a, a new regime headed by Ron Rivera there coming into Washington with no loyalty to this quarterback. And we see Washington scouting. Tua, or so we've heard anyway. He's been been scouting him plenty. I don't think they draft Tua. I do think they stick with Chase Young, but I do think they add a quarterback, and I think they add Jalen Hurts. And that is going to be because of Ron Rivera's history with a dual-threat quarterback, basically. He's going to, I mean, he's not Cam, but he's going to provide legs. He's got a great arm on him, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You could also sit him for a year if you really wanted to, to quote unquote, give Haskins his chance, throw him in there for half a season or something. I really don't think Haskins is going to turn into anything. And then you can turn to Jalen. So it's probably a little bit early. I mean, with a super flex, I highly doubt he would have got back to me. Again, there's no rumors of him going to Washington. So again, very gambly and stupid, but I'm going to do it because I said I was going to execute on this plan and I will hold true to my word. Grab Jalen Hurts. Personally, that shocks me a little bit. I think Jordan Love who's another quarterback here still on the board is probably going to get first round and has more of the keys to the starting job there. Meanwhile, a guy like Jalen hurts, is he just going to be like a backup? You know, we saw Will Greer go kind of like the third round and he wasn't that good. I mean, he really wasn't given much of a chance there either. I mean, Kyle Allen was starting over him there. So definitely a risky pick there, but if Jalen hurts gets a chance to start, he reminds me kind of like Tyrod Taylor. He, he could run, he could pass. 
I think his arm's a little weaker than Tyrod Taylor, but he has the charisma and kind of like the great leadership and the intangibles. So Jalen Hurts, what do we think about that pick? I mean, I just want to say right away, I was absolutely eyeing him at 2.4. If he didn't get, he was absolutely going to me. That makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> I agree with actually Dylan. I would have taken love over Hurts. I like the quarterback pick. I just don't like Hurts. He is currently like my sixth rated quarterback in the class. And I don't, I don't think he, he pans out as well as people think he will. And I, I hope he does, but I don't think he will. Um, I like the pick. Like I said earlier, I said he's going to get picks probably in his early second. And I think it might move up after draft. Um, I think he's my QB three, but I think he has the highest ceiling out of the rest of the quarterbacks. So I would rather take a gamble on that. Yeah, maybe call me a Ravens fan, but he's my QB three. I see a little, you know, mini Lamar there maybe. Uh, he has, you know, pretty good throwing mechanics and his running ability is definitely good. I'd say better than Kyler was last year. So I think that he could definitely come in and if he gets a chance, he could have a very high fantasy upside with that rushing ability. So Dylan, uh, I'll throw a question back at you. You had mentioned uh, him being similar to Tyrod. Do you think there's an opportunity for the Chargers to take him, sit him for a year behind Tyrod and learn from Tyrod? See, the problem with that for me is honestly, well, it sounds kind of cool because he's exactly like Tyrod in my opinion. It's a few little different things, but I could see that kind of the journeys being similar. To answer your question though is, the Chargers are taking a quarterback in the first round. It's either going to be Tua or Herbert. Maybe Jordan Love is a shocker. I do not see them draft, drafting Jalen Hurts because for every move, they're not interested in Cam. They're not interested in trading for Dalton. They're not interested in any other free agent like Jameis Winston, right? They're going quarterback the first round. That's what all of that tells me. So I don't think they're grabbing Jalen Hurts in the second round. But if they do, that'd be really interesting because there's a lot of weapons there in L.A. Yeah, yeah I the think for the quarterbacks, the about... uh, the uh, pick in the uh, draft will be uh, telling a lot. If if someone, if suppose uh, Jake Fromm is picked before both Hurts and uh, Love, then probably his uh, he will rise over all of these quarterbacks in the draft, right? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I know my Patriots are just going to want to make me cry and take Jake Fromm in the first round. So, <sighs> But piggybacking off of that, it's all about that draft capital. And I don't think Hurts gets selected in the first two days of the draft. He's going to be at highest in the fourth round. So uh, that draft capital, he'll be coming in behind another quarterback. I don't even know if he'll get the chance to succeed. Definitely well said there, but I think we should move on there. Thank you, Steve, for the shocking pick. We have Sonat in here uh, with the 203. Who are you taking? I was hoping Mims fell to me, but damn you, Alex. So I'll go ahead and take the other guy I was thinking of, and that's Zach Moss. What do you see he's in Zach the Moss? Highest graded, he's the highest graded uh, running back per PFF, and uh, he, he he's also do-it-all back. He can catch, he can run, uh, and he's also a good uh, pass blocker. So I, I think... Uh, he he's very good, and people have compared him to uh, Kareem Hunt. So, I mean, I haven't researched a lot, but these all point to a good running back for me. All right, definitely stocking up there on the running back after taking Tua. Next, we have Chris here with the two hundred four. Who are you taking? Man, I was 
not prepared to have Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins sitting looking me in the face right here at 2.04. I thought they'd both be long gone. Choosing between them, I'm going to have to take a page out of my boy Samuel Wallace's book and go with T. Higgins. He was an absolute monster for Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. And I think with his big body, contested catchability, and able to run the whole route tree like he can, he'll be able to produce well in the NFL level, no matter what team he goes to. Yeah, definitely shout out there to Samuel Wallace. Good friend of mine. I've had him here, interviewed him here on the Fantasy Flavor podcast, alluding to one of his articles there for Rotoviz. Kind of shocking. I really like Justin Jefferson personally, but T. Higgins, you know, if you believe in your guy, he he had that first round buzz there to Buffalo um, before the combine happened and then before the bad pro day and then Buffalo kind of traded for digs. And there was kind of rumors that Buffalo thought he had kind of a bad pro day. So I think there's some risk there with T. Higgins, but I respect it because he was definitely kind of one of those people that's been higher graded earlier on, if that makes sense. So next here, we have Jared here with the 205. Who are you thinking? Who are you going to take, man? Uh, so my plan originally was to try and take Jalen Hurts here. And uh, my backup plan had been Zach Moss. And seeing as both of those guys are gone now, uh, my plan is to, seeing as he's fallen all this way, I don't normally like taking uh, wide receivers in both of the first two rounds, but I just see Justin uh, Jefferson as a super safe pick. Uh, so I think it's really hard to pass up on him, even if I've already taken a wide receiver in the first round. So that's who I'll be picking. I don't mind taking two wide receivers and kind of there. Cause I think one Justin Jefferson is a great value. I could see him kind of going in that late first. So I think you have value there. And then of course, wide receivers are, Safer than running backs and the fact that they maintain value kind of longer. Like if a wide receiver flops in their first year, like Nikhil Harry did, for example, he still has a fair amount of value. It's not like the 101, 102 kind of price that we saw day one, but you know what I mean? They retain value longer. And if you're picking at 105 and 205, you're probably more of a rebuilding team there, to be honest, or struggling. So you just need to take the best player available. What do we kind of think about the, the stacking of wide receivers there, guys? Do we mind that? I mean, I completely agree with what you were saying. I was just thinking the same thing. Picking 105, you got to get those receivers to hold the value longer, and you can get those running backs next year maybe to fill those holes. I mean, with me, I would have at 105 taken Cam Akers personally because I just I saw the depth at the running back position. It drops off, I feel like, after Dobbins, honestly. I think Edward Solaire is no more than a James White. So I probably would have went Akers and then drafted the best available wide receiver in the second round, which Justin Jefferson's a great value though, in the middle of the second round for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, CD lamps from a number one wide receiver though. If, if you're that the one Oh five, in my opinion, just take the best player. And like, if you're not in the playoffs, that means you probably, unless it's like an injury riddled, like kind of year out there for your fantasy team, just take the best player. You know what I mean? Like rookie picks have such a high chance of busting. I feel like you just have to keep it safe because there's such an unknown and CD Lamb kind of has like all the statistical boxes checked to be a really good fantasy wide receiver for years to come. So that's just kind of my thoughts there. But I think we should move on here to Caveman. Who are you kind of thinking here for 206? Man, there's good value here in the middle of the second round. Um, I'm eyeballing Henry Ruggs. Uh, Chenault's still on the board. If you're still looking for a QB, Love is here mid-second round. Um I dare not say I would take two QBs in this round, and I won't. I'm actually probably going to pick Henry Ruggs of this pick right here. I think middle second, he's a speedy speedy wide receiver. I think he'll make a good impact depending on draft capital and where he lands. 
Speaking of draft capital, I heard from Daniel Jeremiah that he expects Henry Ruggs to be the first wide receiver taken in the 2020 NFL draft. I disagree. I think Judy and Lamb are better prospects, but if he does get that draft capital, that could be like a top 10 pick. I mean, that's kind of a steal here in the second round, honestly, but I'm going to kind of talk about my pick here and then we'll kind of discuss both those picks here. And for me, I'm on the clock here at 207. I'm kind of shocked this guy fell because we saw Herbert go at 106. And I think and I'm a little lower in love. I think he has super high upside here. Um, He literally has upside of like a top five quarterback in the league, top three even. He has such ridiculous arm talent. He was so good. Um, Not this previous season, but the season before. I believe that was either a sophomore or, you know, his second year there playing in Utah State. He was just really, really phenomenal. And then this year he just fell off. But Jordan Love for me, it's kind of a no-brainer because quarterbacks are just so valuable. And whether we like Jordan Love or not, he's going to get the first round draft capital. The NFL loves this guy. And he he can run. He's physical. He's big. He's kind of like a built, even like bigger than like Carson Wentz. I think, I think this might be the steal of the draft. Not to toot my own horn here, but especially when you see Herbert go at 106, I think Jordan Love at 207 is just incredible value. What do you guys kind of think about these last two picks? Yeah, I think I do think that Love is a good value there, especially in Superflex. I think he should be going, you know, the first half of the second most of the time, if not the end of the first, honestly. Yeah, I agree. He's going to have that draft capital end of the first or the first round in real NFL draft, so you're going to get good value with that. Pun intended, I love both picks. But, uh, yeah, Ruggs, I was surprised he fell this far. He's going to have first-round draft capital at a minimum, and he will get a lot of opportunity with that capital. And then Love is my fourth-ranked quarterback in the draft. He's looks really good, and I think that he comes in and uh, he might not start right away, but he should start by year two. Okay. I have a question here. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But yeah, usually I, I see that sometimes uh, these field stretchers are being drafted early in NFL, but that does not mean that they will be as valuable in um, fantasy because uh, these teams need uh, those speedy guys so that uh, the defense has, uh, can give them holes for the running backs to run around or the uh, you know tight end and uh, possession receivers to work in the middle of the field. For example, uh, this uh, who's Ross Ross from Bengals. He was he was I think an eighth or ninth pick in that draft. But yeah, he's he was not great for um, fantasy. Maybe Ruggs changes changes that. But I just wanted to say that for speedy receivers, uh, the draft capital does not matter that much. Ross did have injury concerns too, though. That's that's another issue, though. Yeah, but on that Ruggs comment, I think uh, that comparison is not the greatest because I think I've watched film on Ruggs. He's a better contested catcher, and he has good separation. He doesn't have to make separation. It's kind of a different receiver. That's how I see it's a little bit different from that comparison. Mm-hmm. My two, personally, my two comparisons for him that I have are Deshaun Jackson and Tyreek Hill. He, he's that He's that dominant pass catcher that like speed guy he'll, he'll he should come in and i think he could be that dominant number one option on an offense see yeah, i i can see that comparison with dj jack for sure yeah but d jacks i understand but this uh 
Hill is very thick, man. He is a different kind of animal. He's just not a speedy guy. Yeah, my thing is... Rugs. The, is no okay. one worried, though, about the fact that he wasn't even second on the team in targets behind Judy? Devontae Smith was actually second in targets behind Judy this year. And, like, if he can't dominate at the college level... He, I know he has Judy there. That's fine. But he had Devontae Smith also over him. Like... I'm I'm personally probably staying away unless he falls late second round because then there's just then then I guess you have to take a shot at it. But I think honestly an NFL team's probably gonna make a mistake and draft him in the first round and then people are gonna jump on that draft capital and it's gonna push him up the boards to the first round, but I don't think he's actually worth that pick. I think that what you said, being behind Judy and on the depth chart is what hurt him more than anything. It's because when you have a speedy guy who is not your number one wide receiver, he is going to be that guy that runs deep and gets the defenses to stay honest. If you have a speedy guy who is your number one wide receiver, he's going to be going deep, and he still will be doing those underneath routes and getting open, getting those targets. So it depends on uh, who picks him. If he goes to an offense where he can be that number one option, then he's going to be really, really good. But if he's not going to be that number one option, I'm. I think he could be that deep threat guy, like you were saying earlier. Hundred percent agree. I think same thing happened with uh, that guy in uh, on Redskins. I forget the name. Um, he became the number one guy. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, he was a speedy guy too. But suddenly he he got the whole um, targets to himself, and then he shined. Okay. Okay. Let's. I think we should move on here. Oh, that was a, a lot of Henry Ruggs talk there. Definitely, in my opinion, the most polarizing prospect though in this draft class. So I definitely think that's a good prospect to kind of break down there. Thank you, everybody. But let's move on here to poor Will. Probably has been <laughs> waiting forever to make this pick. You're on the clock, man. Who are you gonna take? Cool. Um, so I was down to a couple people there. Obviously, Ruggs fell as far as looking at him, but uh. I was surprised that Love fell as well. So you scooping him right there. I was just hoping you may let him fall one more spot. Uh, and then one thing to the comment you made to start spark that whole conversation. Who was the draft analyst that you said? Daniel Jeremiah. First yeah, I I feel like I could see that though, just because of the NFL loving speed. We see it with guys like Hollywood Brown recently. I can think back to I think Darius Hayward Bay was the top receiver taken in his draft whether it's just a team falling in love with the speed or wanting it to open up over the top for the rest of their team, I could realistically see that happening, even though you have a guy like Judy, a guy like Lamb, that probably is going to be better fantasy-wise and, and overall long-term. I could definitely see Ruggs going as the first receiver off the board. But I would, I would love to see him fall uh, into the mid-teens and see if the Eagles can move up again because what could they use something like that? Uh, but getting back to the pick here, I'm down to two people right now. And at this point, I'm looking, you know, do I want upside uh, or do I want safety? And, I, you know, this late in the in the second round, I'm usually looking for upside. So I'm going to go with a guy like LaVisca Chenault. I think, obviously, there's, you know, a few red flags with him. And uh, we'll see you know, what he actually pans out to be. But with a guy that's 6'2", you know, 220 frame, I think, you know, if he was able to do everything at the combine, you know, I, I think he's injured going into it and he kind of, you know, forced his way through it. I can see him, you know, being that kind of running back in a receiver's body, you know, 
uh, Debo Samuel-esque, right? Debo killed it this year, so it's hard to compare anybody to him. But I could see LaVisca really stepping up if he gets drafted into the right situation. So for me, it's going to be LaVisca here. I was looking at um, a guy like um, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. I think he's got, you know, a good safe floor, uh, and it's going to just depend on where he gets drafted. Okay, awesome. Next here we have Chef, aka Soto, aka Joe, aka a lot of names here for you, Chef. But <laughs> who are you kind of thinking here for the two ten or two nine? Excuse me. All right. So for the two nine, um, I'm gonna keep it with the receiver. Stacked his receivers. So going along with that, this is the perfect draft to go receivers. If you need a receiver for this draft, you can rebuild your whole team in about three rounds. All right, and I'm going to go on and get Michael Pittman. That's going to be my pick. Um, reason behind it, he's more of my uh, type of receiver I try to look for. Um, 6'4", 220, 223. Big wingspan. Um, his combine, he killed the combine for his size. He ran a 4'5", 2". And then what I really liked about it was his, uh, his shuttle speed. I think he ran like under seven seconds, one of the best in the combine so you got a big dude that's pretty agile that's gonna help out a lot of red zone catches and uh touchdowns for uh, your, whatever quarterback he goes to all right really well said there thank you i appreciate it here next yeah. up we're gonna have matt here on the clock here with the 210 who are you gonna take i gotta be honest i'm tilting hard right now <laughs> both those guys i was like damn i thought one of them would make it to me um, so thanks a lot for that. I will have to take ah, God damn it. The tough. I was trying to stay prepared, but uh, those are the guys I was you know what? I guess I'll go I'll go Edwards here. Um to me he just seems like I was hoping to get a receiver I felt a little better about. Uh but he seems like the guy that'll probably give me the uh be the safest bet for me at this point. All right, awesome. Thank you so much here. Uh, let's get the second round finished up here, and then we'll get into some more analysis. So, Buck, Justin, you're on the clock here with the 211. Who are you going to take? Well, I'm, uh, I was between Edwards and Keyshawn Vaughn, and he made that decision pretty easy for me. Uh, I really love Edwards. Um, but Keyshawn Vaughn at the late second at 211, that feels really good. Sheesh, yeah. I, I like Vaughn a lot there. He could be one of those sleeper backs that lands in one of those good spots. So, Trent, you're on the clock here with 212. I have a feeling who you're going to take here. Um, I wonder if you're going to take him. Let's see what you do. Oh, Trent, your mic's muted, bud. Was muted. Dang, I was just about to do this whole spiel. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, at this point, you're looking for that upside guy. And... Uh, there's one guy in this draft that I think has sky high upside uh, going into the combine. I thought he was a first round talent player, a late first round talent wide receiver, but his only issue was speed. He proved everybody wrong at the combine. And I think he comes into the league, gets a mid second round pick and comes in and dominates. That is Notre Dame. And, and just, just for everyone here, who did you compare Chase Claypool to? 
Okay, so go ahead. I, I, I just want to name. I just want to name. I didn't make the comparison. It was all over the place. People were comparing him to Calvin Johnson. Oh my god! I don't think it. <laughs> he's not quite that guy. Sure, he has the height, speed of that. He's not that guy. But I think that he comes in and he could have the, a similar type of impact on the game. He's not going to be that. Those. He's not going to put up that many. I can't even speak. He's not going to have huge numbers, but he'll have a huge impact just on the way the defenses have to prepare for him. Told you guys, he likes big backs. He likes his Notre Dame guys too. And he, he likes huge guys. That's what he likes. That's why you have to wait before. until my next pick. Oh god, his players have to be two hundred forty pounds plus <laughs> when they end up on his team. So. We're going to kick it off here with the third round. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us here so far. We appreciate it here. We'll try to pick up the pace here for the third round. Um, we have Alex here on the clock here. Who are you going to take here at the 301? Uh, so I had to rearrange everything here because uh, the three players I wanted went right in a row, Chenault, Pittman, and Edwards. <laughs> it was good with any of those. Um, but right now I think I'm going to go with um, Brandon Ayuk out of Louisville. Oh, not Louisville, I'm sorry, Arizona State, my bad. And then um, the reason I'm going with him is um, I'm thinking he's going to get the draft capital. He'll be in the top three rounds, and at this point I'm just tr shooting for upside more than anything and I'm um, hoping I hit something here. Um, my three main guys, though, were Chanel Pittman and Edwards one that, when I saw him falling. So I might have been trying to trade up if I had seen two of them gone and then gone from there, but since we don't have trades in here, you know. All right, really well said there. Thank you so much, Alex. We have Steve here on the clock with a 302. Who are you taking? Yeah, so in the interest of time, we'll make this short and sweet. I'm going to go ahead and grab Tyler Johnson, a uh, big, physical, strong, imposing kind of guy. You know, I equate him to like an A.J. Brown type player. Uh, so grabbing him in the third round and strike a nice balance with my team, a running back, a quarterback, and a wide receiver, I can't pass him up. Awesome. We have Snotten here on the clock. Who are you going to take? Second time, Alex just took away the guy I was going to take. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Eno ben Benjamin. And I'm hoping this is a full P PPR uh, draft. So I think he has good um, good upside. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. We have Chris here on the clock. Who are we thinking about taking here? Oh, man, I am just absolutely floored with the Eno Benjamin snipe right there. Oh, I just put out a tweet about him earlier. I can't believe he's a third-round pick right now. But anyway, I guess I'm going to go with another big-body wide receiver here in Antonio Gandy-Golden. I think at this point in the draft, he definitely has the upside to be a good producer in the NFL as a wide receiver two, like deep threat type guy. He's just a huge receiver, with great hands, tracks the ball very well, and is very good at those 50-50 contested catches. All right, awesome. Now we have Jared here on the clock, 305. Who's the pick? All right, uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, I just, uh, I'm looking to go running back, and I think that Anthony McFarlane is the best running back left on the board at this point. So I'm going to be taking him. Awesome. Definitely a sleeper there out of Maryland. 
Um, they've been pretty good recently with DJ guys like DJ Moore there on the offensive side of the ball. Stephon Diggs, another name. So, Caveman, you're on the clock. Who are we going to take? Right now, I think I'm going to have to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones here. All right. Thank you so much for that pick here. Personally, I'm shocked here because we had to kind of change around how this was formatted. That way we could have tight ends be drafted and nobody wants these tight ends. <laughs> I, it is a pretty weak class here, to be honest, but kind of shocking here in the third round. You could get a tight end selected day two, but I tricked you guys there. That's not going to be my pick, though. Um, that shocked me a little bit here, but I think my pick here is my sleeper, my guy out of Memphis, Antonio Gibson. Running back, wide receiver, who cares, man? This guy is the upside of, like, a David Johnson. I mean, I believe he had, like, around 100 touches and, like, 1,100 yards. Think about that. He's ridiculous. Just, like, ridiculously hey, explosive. You know. Ran a 4.39. He's big, 230-plus pounds, right? He's just a freak athletically and he's explosive and i think that's kind of a late dart throw there i never got a wide receiver here but i think for a third round pick gibson's upside is just maybe the best in this round so yeah, I I let him call a few picks further come on <laughs> yeah i need yeah, i wanted him to <laughs> sorry i had to snipe you all like that but we're gonna have um will here on the clock who are you gonna take will Thought I uh, revealed my hand to everybody early on, but I guess no one was looking at for, for my guy. Probably going to be one of the smallest guys drafted in the in the draft here this year, but one of my uh, alma mater here, KJ Hamler, uh, is obviously a very small guy, dude. I think his his upside is this, you know, Deshaun Jackson, and obviously that's you know if he reaches his full potential. But just you know, watching him, he's super explosive, and he's just one of those guys that's just a gamer. You could see the intensity. So I think it's worth a nice up, upside shot here. So I'm going to take KJ Hamler. All right. Awesome. We have Chef now here on the clock. Um, do you have any names okay. you're kind of thinking about? Yeah. So, yeah, those, those two actually got sniped tough. So at this point in the draft, I'm looking for more ceiling than anything. It's going to be a dart throw maybe. So. I'm going to go with uh, Barrington Evan. Um, I did a write-up on him before, and uh, he's from Appalachian State, a uh, smaller school, but uh, he ran like almost like a, a Justice Hill comparison. He could catch, he could run. Uh, he did punt return. So I think he at this point, I'll, I'll go for him for the ceiling. All right, awesome. I mean, that's going to be my running back if I didn't take Gibson. So I respect the pick a lot. Um, once you make that pick, now we're going to kick it off here to Matt. And Matt, who are you thinking about taking here? You know, uh, my philosophy with tight ends is usually not to get not to touch it before their second or third year. Um, but screw it, just to shake things up. I'm going to take the first one of the draft. Why not? I'm going Hopkins. Another thought was... Um, well, actually, no, maybe I'll discuss after. But yeah, I'm going off this round. Okay, a little shocking. Not my tight end one, but um, definitely, I think he's kind of well-rounded there as a player. So, you know, if you kind of like the versatility there with kind of some receiving upside, Hopkins could be that guy. So, Buck, you're on the clock here. Justin, who are you going to take here? The 311. So, I've actually got three players that I absolutely love at this spot. Uh, one's a running back, one's a tight end, one's a wide receiver. So, I'm in kind of a pickle here. 
Um, but the guy I have ranked highest overall is Josh Kelly here. Uh, so that's what I'm going to go with. My other guy I was looking at was Albert O or potentially Lynn Bowden. Okay, awesome. And uh, last pick here, certainly least, um, Trenton. <laughs> 312, who are you going to take? Going with Lynn my top again. tight end in the class. And that I'm going is, to go oh, with Colt Met. <laughs> yep, sticking with Notre Dame again. And another big body. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're done. Wow, that was awesome. Thank you guys so much. Here, everyone here for participating. Um, honestly, just crazy draft there. I mean, I didn't try to kind of had this theme of 240 plus pound players. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, was, it was a wild draft though. So kind of... Um, so what I want anyone listening on YouTube, um, listening on a podcast platform such as Apple or watching on YouTube, comment down below who you think had the best draft. I'm really interested to see who you think. And before we conclude here, I just want to open up here to everybody. Anybody here can answer this question and we can take our time here if we want. Um, how are we kind of tackling this draft? Are we trading up? Are we trading down? Are we targeting certain positions because there's less depth at this position? You know what I mean? How are we attacking the 2020 draft? Any tips for any listeners or viewers? I just want all the picks between 1 and 2.12, honestly. Like, just give me any of them. <laughs> yeah. If I have a late first uh, and I'm like 108, like if I was at 108, 109, and you need a receiver, I think you can move back and pick up some more picks for later rounds and still get a good re receiver in this draft. Me, anything later than 108. So top eight is, you know, just uh, cemented for me. Those four running backs, a top two receivers, and um, Tua and uh, who is the top? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, apart from that, I'm always willing to move down. If I have 109, 110, I would take, I'd move down and grab some more picks. Yeah, if you can move down and still uh, grab uh, like a second or third round pick in the draft, in this 2020 draft, do it. Because this is so deep. Like you see all the way to the end, you, all these players could and should be making impacts year one. So you got a lot of depth in this class. If you can do anything to add more picks, do it. My piece of advice would probably be if you need a running back, you got to go early. They kind of drop off to me after Akers and Dobbins, like a significant amount. Those top four are kind of separated in their own two tiers. But after that, it's kind of a drop off. But then wide receivers, yeah, everywhere, all the way to the mid third, you can get guys that will be able to produce in their first two or three years in the NFL. Yeah, I definitely think that's well said. Jared, you've been kind of quiet, if you don't mind me kind of calling you out here. How are you kind of tackling this uh, 2020 draft class, and specifically for like dynasty rookie drafts? Uh, I think uh, my opinion has also been spoken previously by everyone else. I think it's uh, very top-heavy as far as you go with running back. Um, but as you can see with mine, I was very um, content with – uh, forfeiting those picks for some wide receivers just because I, I really do think Lamb uh, is kind of on a pretty high tier for wide receiver, even though I think Akers is a really good prospect. I think that was kind of my pick going into the draft, um, but it is very deep in terms of wide receivers. So I could have very well um, been 
safe off, seeing as I picked Justin Jefferson in the second round, uh, going with running back there. All right, thank you very much for that. Does anyone else have any kind of thoughts here on, you know, kind of just in general? All right, that's fine. So thank you so much here for listening, all the listeners, the viewers, no matter where you're watching. I just want to let you guys know that everybody's links, if they plugged anything, will be down there in the description. Remember to comment who you thought had the best mock draft. And I want to thank everyone for getting through this hour. Thank you so much to our guests. Um, if you guys ever want to come back on, if we do another one of these, um, you all were fantastic. We'd love to have you on again here. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, man. That was fun. Thanks, thanks for having me, Dylan. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and have a fantastic rest of your day here, viewers and listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Feel free to leave feedback, subscribe, or check out our previous content. And remember, have a fantastic rest of your day.